Well, good morning and welcome to Lifestream Church. My name is John. I'm the discipleship pastor here on staff and just so glad that you're all with us today. Pastor Jim had the opportunity to go to Florida and spend some time with his parents this weekend. So really glad that he's uh, getting to spend time with them. I just want to say welcome to all our guests watching online as well. Um, we've, we've got people scattered all over uh, the country who get to tune in. And so really glad that you're able to join us online as well. Uh, so today we're talking about wilderness. And, uh, you know, this is a, a theme that we all find ourselves in. We, we all go through wilderness seasons. Some of them are short, some are long, some, some aren't, you know, terribly tough, and others are just brutal. And uh, sometimes, you know, I, I don't think we, that we really talk about some of the wilderness moments uh, enough. You know, we, we go through these times in, in, in secret oftentimes and, and, and just really struggle uh, knowing how to get through them. And so I'm glad for the opportunity um, to take a look at David's life today and, and a wilderness season that he went through so that we can glean some, some helpful thoughts about that. Uh, but as I, uh, you know, before I dive into all that, uh, this is really a great message for me to, to preach because I love the wilderness. Uh, I mean, if, if it's not enough that I wear plaid and have a beard, you know, it's, I just love being outdoors and, and being in God's creation. My wife and I, one of the, our favorite things to do is to go on hikes together. And uh, we've been on a few backpacking trips as well. We've, we've backpacked in the Jordan River Valley and, and I've done some of the North Country Trail as well and just, just love being in, in wilderness. I just, there's just something about God's raw creation, just being immersed uh, among, uh, you know, God's, God's creation, the animals, the, the, the luscious landscapes, the, the beautiful uh, trees and flowers, the, the animals as they scurry around, listening to the birds singing in the canopy uh, of the trees. Uh, it's, it's just this really, there's just something about it where I feel so closely connected uh, to God. And as wonderful as a lot of my experiences in the wilderness have been, I've had some pretty awful experiences out in nature as well. I've been caught in terrible uh, thunderstorms uh, before. I, I've, I've had to hike in, in the dark before where you're just wondering what kind of creatures might be lurking behind every tree in shadow. Who else has been, been there before? That's, it's a terrifying and frightening thought. Um, but uh, the wilderness is really this perfect metaphor for our lives because we have great wilderness moments and not so great wilderness moments as well. We have the good ones that, that are like the moments that, that take our breath away in the best ways, like the, the birth of a child or a promotion at work or a yes, a yes that seemed impossible at the time. Those are the moments we experience that are like looking over the grand and vast Grand Canyon. Moments like just having fun watching squirrels defy gravity as they chase each other up and down trees. Uh, those are the moments where you go to your favorite beach and, and just and, and enjoy the sunset into this beautiful cotton candy sky. But what wonderful wilderness moments that we experience sometimes. But in the midst of that, we also have some terrible wilderness experience as well. Some of us experience wilderness moments that, that we've just dreaded and feared. Moments like losing a job and not knowing how you'll make ends meet. Some of us experience an ongoing feud with someone we were once close with and wonder if there's any hope for reconciliation. Or maybe in your heart, you hope you'll never reconcile because of how terrible it was. These moments are like being a victim of a natural disaster or, or being lost all alone in the dark or trying to find your way to safety when nothing around you looks or feels familiar. 
And it makes you wonder if the wilderness can be so beautiful and so wonderful at times, then why do we have to experience the crummy, nasty, awful experiences in the wilderness as well? And so today we're going to take a look at David's season in the wilderness to find out why we must all go through moments like this. And to open, I want to read a passage from 1 Samuel chapter 23, and this is verses 13 through 18. You can follow along on the screen, but it says this. Then David and his men, about 600 strong, set out and departed from Keilah, moving from place to place. When it was reported to Saul, who was king, that David had escaped from Keilah, he declined to go forth. And David stayed in the wilderness strongholds and in the hill country of the wilderness of Ziph. Day after day, Saul searched for him, but God would not deliver David into his hands. While David was in Horesh in the wilderness of Ziph, he saw that Saul had come out to take his life. And Saul's son Jonathan came to David in Horesh and strengthened his hand in God, saying, Do not be afraid, for my father Saul will never lay a hand on you. And you will be king over Israel, and I will be your second in command. Even my father Saul knows that this is true. And so the two of them made a covenant before the Lord, and David remained in Horesh while Jonathan went home. And so... There is so much more to the backstory of this story, and I really hope that you'll go home and read the whole book of 1 Samuel because it's so helpful to, to get a context for what's going on. But I want to give you some backstory here because David, all, all we know right now is David is in the wilderness and King Saul is trying to find him to kill him. But why? How did David end up there? Why is Saul after him? So let's get some of that backstory. So, if you rewind back to Saul's early years as king, Saul was anointed by the prophet Samuel by God to be the first king of Israel. And his task was to unite the kingdom and, and grow that kingdom. And in his early years, he did a remarkable job. He was, he was crushing it at first. Um, he was... Uh, he was uniting the, the kingdom. He built this mighty army that had no trouble crushing their enemies. And, and by all accounts, he was just doing a, a really stand-up job. But there came a time as, as Saul was conquering new land and, and taking over uh, some of his, th their enemies where he grew impatient with the Lord's timing. I think we've all felt impatient about taking ground that, we're ready, that we feel like we're ready to take in our lives. God's trying to have Saul just hit the pause button a little bit, and he grows impatient. And so he takes it upon himself to do what he wants to do in spite of that. And Saul goes and attacks some of these other uh, enemies and, and conquers them. But it displeases God so much after he does this repeatedly that, that God says, you know, to tell Saul that he is no longer fit for, to, be, uh, to be king. And so God chooses to anoint a new successor who just happens to be David. When he was a very young boy, David was anointed by Samuel to one day take over from, from King Saul. So as it happens, David also had the opportunity to, to kind of be in the midst of the kingdom. You see, David had a really special gift. He was a great singer and musician. And as Saul was having a hard time sleeping at night, he called upon uh, David to come in and, and sing to him, which helped comfort him and helped him get the rest that he needed. So as David's exposure in the kingdom uh, increased, he also had opportunities to serve in other ways. And eventually, uh, Saul got, got word uh, that, from Samuel that David was going to take 
eventually take over for him. So now Saul, the king, has this young up-and-coming prodigy in his midst who he knows will eventually take over. And he sees David having great success as he grows older and older. This is the same David, don't forget, that killed Goliath. And, and this is the same David who had gone to battle several times for Saul and just knocked it out of the park. This, this guy's a young folk hero in their midst. And Saul has authority over him, but is now threatened because he knows what's coming down the pipeline. Well, obviously, Saul is very angry about this. And it causes a lot of trouble for him. First, he's overwhelmed by jealousy. I think we can all relate to, to when we are, we are trying to do the best job that we can in something and someone younger, quicker, faster, better comes in our midst and just it's, they start stealing our thunder a little bit. Like we've, most of us, I think, have been there a little bit. So jealousy starts to creep in. Resentment starts to creep in. And it caused Saul to get impatient and start to try to take things in his own hands, which did not work out well. Saul also become overcame with rage. So sensing his own demise, Saul wanted to do something about this. He wanted to get rid of David. His solution was that he was going to kill David. And there came a point when, when Saul hurls a spear at him, and fortunately, David's able to, to get out of the way. But that, that murder attempt, that, that attempt to take David's life is what drove David into the wilderness. And that's why we just read that passage that we did. Saul had another problem. He was overconfident in his ability to get rid of David. He, he thought if he follows him in the wilderness from town to town, he'll eventually catch up to him and get to eliminate him. And then the threat is neutralized. He doesn't have to worry about someone taking over his throne anymore. This ended very, very badly for Saul in the end. It eventually would cost him his life. So that, that's kind of the backstory of, of, of King Saul and David. There is a lot more to that story. There's a lot to chew on. And, and I, like I said, I encourage you to, to read 1 Samuel because it's, it's great stuff. Um, but that kind of helps us understand why David is in this predicament now. So we're going to take a look at David's experiences in the wilderness. And before we do, first of all, I want you to, if you have a note-taking guide, I want you to look at the part that says David, the sad servant. I want you to cross out the word sad. That was, I don't know why I chose sad. Maybe alliteration, sad servant, kind of rolls off your tongue. But I'll tell you what, I want you to replace that with the word faithful, okay? Because really what we're doing is taking a look at the, the faithfulness that David had in this wilderness moment. So cross out sad, replace it with faithful, Life will be good again. <laughs> so David's wilderness experiences. He, he faced a couple of things that I think we can all relate to on some level. The first thing I want to look into is the, that David faced murder attempts. Now, I, 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 I would bet that most of us have not faced a murder attempt in our life. But I, I think we can all relate to what it feels like when it feels like someone's gunning for your position in life, right? But this, is, this was David's experience with Saul. This is from 1 Samuel chapter 19.10. It says, Saul tried to pin him to the wall with his spear, but David eluded him as Saul drove the spear right into the wall. And that night, David made good on his escape. So Saul, this, you got to understand, David is in Saul's midst. He's, he's doing lots of great things. Everyone loves him. He's younger. He's cooler. He's hipper. He's probably better looking. Who knows? But, but this is obviously very intimidating to Saul. So he wants to kill David. David had just come back from battle, by the way, and crushed it on the battlefield. So it's like just another thing to aggravate Saul. 
And, and he, so he takes up this spear and hurls it so hard that it's stuck into the wall behind him. Now, I, I would bet none of us have had someone hurling spears at us, but we all know what it's like for people to throw darts at us, don't we? Like people, people are critical of the, the things that we do, the things that we say, the things that we don't do. Like it, sometimes it feels like what we do is never good enough and people are quick. They, they don't have a problem letting us know, do they? Sometimes it's our own family. It's like friendly fire, it feels like. It's a spouse or a family member just reminding you of the things that you're not doing right or well enough. Sometimes it's a, a coworker or a boss. Sometimes it's a teacher in school. Sometimes it's a neighbor who's just, who, who does not like the way that you maintain your household. And darts, they're never going to kill us, but boy, do they hurt. They sting, don't they? So all of us know what it's like for people to throw darts at us. And I think we can relate to David because we have those wilderness moments where it's like, is there no end to this? Why am I enduring this, this pain? It just does not seem to make any sense. Well, David faced another kind of wilderness experience. He faced betrayal. In 1 Samuel chapter 23, verses 4 and 5, it says this. Then David inquired of the Lord once more. And the Lord answered him and said, Arise and go down to Keilah, for I will give the Philistines into your hand. And so David and his men, they went to Keilah. And they fought with the Philistines, and he led away their livestock and struck them with a great slaughter. Thus, David delivered the inhabitants of Keilah. So after David flees from Saul, he finds this little town called Keilah, who's, who's in the middle of battle with their enemy, the Philistines. David just happens to have a small army of 600 with him and offers help. And guess what? Because it's David's experience, and because he's so good at this already, they crush the enemy. He delivers this, this town of Keilah, and he's seeking asylum now. And you think, this is great. He's going to be on their good side. They're going to help take care of him. They're going to have his back. But watch what happens here. Saul found out that David was in Keilah, and so he went there to find him and kill him. And it says in, in verses 12 and 13 following that, it says, Then David said to the Lord, he said, Will the men of Keilah surrender me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, They will. They will surrender you. And then David and his men, about 600, arose and departed from Keilah, and they went wherever they could go. So David felt betrayal, but like the worst kind, where you go and you help someone out and you do everything you're supposed to, you go above and beyond, and, and they still stab you in the back. I think a lot of us can relate to this. We, we've had those moments where it's like, I've, what more could I do? And, and, and we're, we're in the midst of these people who, who we feel should have our back. And instead, they totally sell us out. What an awful experience this, this can feel like. Because you feel all alone and with nowhere to turn anymore. And so I think we can all relate to David in, in that regard. Another thing that David faced in the wilderness was temptation. Now, as David fled from city to city, Saul kept following him, wanting to find him and, and kill him. And uh, David eventually would have the opportunity to, to get word of, of Saul coming, and, and he had the opportunity to seek out revenge because Saul didn't know. But when David had fled to a place called En Gedi, and Saul had got word about his whereabouts, we're told that Saul had entered a cave that David and his men were hiding in, and, and they had the opportunity to ambush him. And, uh, but I want to share with you what happens. In 1 Samuel 24, 4 through 6, it says this, 
And I imagine it's a whisper because they're in a cave, right? And sound carries. But it says, the men of David said to him, behold, this is the day of which the Lord said to you, behold, I'm about to give you your enemy into your hand and you shall do to him as you see, as seems good to you. So David rose and cut off the edge of Saul's robe secretly. It came about afterward that David's conscience bothered him because he had cut off the edge of Saul's robe. So he said to his men, far be it for me because of the Lord that I should do this thing to my Lord, who the Lord anointed, to stretch out my hand against him since he is the Lord's anointed. Oftentimes, if you're in a wilderness experience long enough, you're gonna have the a chance to act on it, to get revenge, to seek out justice, to try to make things right, at least in your own mind. But it's important to realize something that David realized. It's not our problem to seek out revenge. In fact, scripture is really clear about that. It tells us that the Lord will seek out any revenge that's necessary on our behalf. It's not our burden to carry. It's not our problem to deal with. And David, he knew that he was anointed to become king one day and had the opportunity to take that into his own hands to speed up the process. But he knew that it would be disobedient to God's will. He was tempted to do something that would finally be favorable for him. He would, have to stop, he, he would get to stop running and fleeing for his life. But he chose instead to be faithful to God. And I'll tell you what, the story ends pretty good for David. So what did David learn on, in all of this? He learned a few things. Number one, he learned how to eat humble pie. So I want to read a, an excerpt from a, a book. This book is called A Tale of Three Kings. And this is a great book. If you're experiencing a wilderness season or you're having a trouble uh, with, with someone uh, in, in your life, I, I highly recommend this book. It, it, it's, it's just so helpful in, in teaching us how we ought to respond in a way that honors God. And, and so I really encourage you to, to check it out if, if you feel like that's you. But I just want to read a few sentences. This is from chapter 7 about David's humility. It talks about... The question is, what do you do when the king hurls a spear at you? When someone in authority comes after to attack you, what do you do? So first of all, that was weird. He says, first of all, he must pretend that he cannot see spears. Second, he must learn to duck very quickly. And last, he must pretend that nothing happened. You can easily tell when someone has been hit by a spear. He turns a deep shade of bitter. But David never got hit. Gradually, he learned a very well-kept secret. He discovered three things that prevented him from ever being hit. One, never learn anything about the fashionable, easily mastered art of spear throwing. Two, stay out of the company of all spear throwers. And three, keep your mouth tightly closed. In this way, and I... You have to catch this. In this way, spears will never touch you even when they pierce your heart. So sometimes spears are unavoidable. But how do we deal with it in a way that we can endure it? Is to remain humble, to live a life that honors God and reflects his love for even our enemies. And that's how David lived when he was in the wilderness. Another thing he learned is the power of perseverance. So David had followed God's plan to a T. And it's a stark contrast from Saul, 
who tried to take measure, you know, things into his own hands, to try to get rid of David, to try to conquer these other uh, lands. But you know, Saul had grown impatient and tried, tried to just will his way in, into what he wanted. But David trusted the Lord. He stuck with what he knew was right. And he had to endure a lot of wilderness because of it. But in the end, it's, it's what uh, you know, brought him into eventually being able to take over the throne and, and to really thrive and be successful. A third thing that David learned is the value of submission. So I want to read uh, another quick excerpt from this book. I want to be honest, submission is a really hard one for, for me because, you know, you go through life putting a lot of thought into how to do things and how to do things well, you know, and when you read scripture, you, you try to apply the things that you learn so that you can live a life that you really believe honors God. And then sometimes you're in those moments where you have to submit to authority that's contrary to the way that you would want to do things, right? And, uh, so, so we, I think we've all found ourselves in, in moments like this, whether it's at work or in your home, how you manage your family. Uh, it, it could be just around your other friends and, and neighbors. Uh, but I think we can all relate to, to, to this issue. And it says here about, humil- or about submission. In God's sacred school of submission and brokenness, why are there so few students? It's because all students in this school must suffer much pain And as you might guess, it is often the unbroken ruler whom God sovereignly picks who meets out the pain. David was once a student in this school, and Saul was God's chosen way to crush David. That begs the question, why? Why did David need to be crushed? And why did God choose and use Saul, songwriter and and, and hymn writer of all time, one of the greatest comforters of broken hearts this world will ever see. How many times have you been able to turn to the Psalms and receive comfort and grace and peace through these beautiful words written by, by, by David? These songs of agony, these songs of, of, of just feeling defeated, which always seem to find that, that ray of silver lining. David needed the wilderness but why? He was going to be king anyways. He was already anointed as a boy. He was wildly successful in battle. He already defeated Goliath. If he wanted to, he could have killed Saul. He had opportunities. He was clearly fit for this role. And he could have sped up the process, but he chose not to. And why? Because he would have ended up nothing better than Saul 2.0. He would have entered that kingship with all the same rage and bitterness and anger and resentment and malice that Saul ruled with before him. The wilderness was necessary so that it could chip away every last bit of jealousy, rage, resentment, anger, sadness, and even fear from David's life. And the same is true for us. We experience wilderness moments for the same reason, so that God can remove every last bit of Saul from our lives that exists, so that we can be more like David, so that we can be more like Jesus Christ. And so the wilderness moments, as awful as they feel, as painful as they are, as unfair as they are, they're necessary for us. 
to become the person who God needs us to be. And like, like David, in God's timing, he got to take that throne. He got to experience God's amazing graces because of his faithfulness, because he stuck with it, because he was willing to be obedient and faithful through all that mess and garbage and junk. He got to experience God's love and grace in a way that he wouldn't have otherwise. We all need the wilderness in our lives. And so my hope for you is that when you are going through those moments, that you'll lean into God's faithfulness for us, that you'll recognize and realize he has a plan and a purpose for your life, that you won't lose heart, you won't lose hope because you've seen God faithfully deliver people like David time and time again throughout history and throughout scripture. God loves you dearly, even in the wilderness moments when he feels like he's not there. He's working things out. So be patient, stay faithful and true to God. I want to close uh, by praying a prayer over, over you. And this is from Psalm chapter 54. This is a psalm that David wrote while he was in the wilderness fleeing Saul. And so you can get a sense for the heart, the, the ache that he was experiencing. But he also gives us a sense of hope as he continues to be faithful for the, uh, to the Lord. And so let's, we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to close our teaching time with this prayer, and then our, our worship team is going to come up and lead us in, in uh, one more beautiful song. But let's, let's pray this prayer.